Life's better with some good company. You're listening to the Good Co. Podcast with Brett and Emma. Discuss the hot topics, the hard ones, and everything in between. Here's the Good Co. Podcast with your hosts, Brett and Emma. Hey, thanks for clicking play on the Good Co. Podcast. My name is Brett here with Emma, and I just want to say a great big thank you for making us a part of your weekly schedule. All right, I have a question for all the all the ladies out there oh, that yeah. I think hit me with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys nights. What what happens at them? Because us girls, we have girls nights, right? Like I have a I have girls night every Friday with my girls and we talk about everything. Like I'm saying everything. We analyze every little conversation we had the week before. And then when I hang out with my friends that are guys, I feel like they don't talk to each other at all. Like they don't know the most fair. basic, obvious things in their life. That's very fair. I would say, first thing I will say is every week, I, there's no way any guy group is getting together <laughs> every single week to just hang out and just have a good time. We have lots to catch up on after Apparently, a week. Apparently, <laughs> I will say, if you were to sit down with me and my guy friends, we're not talking deep things we're not talking about like i feel like girls think oh they're probably talking about us yes at their guys we night. do because that's what we no, do no absolutely not <laughs> at least that's how mine is any guy that's listening right now might disagree with me but my guys nights like i i'm not talking about girl problems so you know that moment when you realize you may not be as cool as you thought you were <laughs> i've never had that no i yes you have you're way not cool <laughs> anyways <Hey. laughs> No, I was at church, and so I volunteer at our youth group at my church, and every Wednesday, I am just realizing how not cool I am, and this specific <laughs> Wednesday, someone called me a like a phrase, and I just was like, what? Someone's like, you're so granola. Brett, you don't know what granola means? I literally replied with, who's granola? I thought it was like a new rapper or something. That's such a dad move. Apparently, I'm not even there yet, but I'm just not cool. What does it mean? Do you need me to tell you? Yes. Educate all of us who just don't know. Granola means you're really into like holistic, like you eat all the healthiest foods with no added sugar. You do like holistic wellness. Like that would be the most extreme version of granola. Like the mom who never takes her kids to the doctor and uses essential oils and only eats like grass fed beef. Well, I think she called me this and I and maybe I'm trying to like make this connection sure. but I was I was getting up on stage with my guitar to lead worship and I happen to be wearing them right now too but I'm wearing these <laughs> these uh, sandals with socks on and yeah. she's like she looked down at my feet and was like wow Brett you're so granola yeah it's the vibe it's the whole vibe like you're like a hiker nature guy <laughs> I'm so far from that <laughs> that I just don't understand, I guess. All right, I want you to think about the last wedding you went to. Got it. All right, you got it in your head? Mm-hmm. I went to like 12 weddings last year. Just total sidebar. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I want you to think of those those little those little cards that you get before you get the invite. I think they're called like save the dates. Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to save a date right now, actually. April 25th, 26th, and 27th, our radio station that we're a part of every single day is having our, our fundraiser, our spring for, fundraiser. For three days? Three days and three days only. Wow. And we have to get our entire budget need in those three days. And so this podcast actually wouldn't be possible if we didn't have people like you who actually support our radio station on the other end of it. So April 25th, 26th, and 27th, I just want you to put that on your calendar and just honestly pray for us. Would you just pray that God would move on the hearts of listeners, move on the hearts of um, people who have 
maybe benefited from this radio station and would just raise up a, a group of people that would support this radio station into the future. And if you want to give too, that would be awesome to help us keep the podcast going, keep the radio station on air, all that good stuff. We would love that. You can just go to givehopenow.net. That's givehopenow.net. There also will be more information there about the fundraiser and everything else we do too. If you're enjoying all the good company right now, would you consider rating the podcast and leaving a review? And just maybe your comment or question could end up on the next podcast. So over the last couple months, I've been kind of becoming more aware of a pretty massive need in our community that we're from here in the Blue Water area. And the need specifically that I'm talking about today is the homeless population. Hmm. And I didn't realize that there were so many homeless people in Port Huron and the surrounding communities around it. And also that there wasn't a whole lot of plan in place to help these people. Yeah, that's so true. There there are quite a few, and I think sometimes they stay well hidden because they're not always like the most liked, but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And recently, I uh, was leaving the gym that I that I work out five days a week. So it's a, it's a drive that I'm so familiar with, but on my way driving down Main Street, I saw this man, and I was honestly headed home to get dinner. I was hungry, and my stomach was grumbling, and I saw this man with a sign, and he just said, God bless, if you can give anything, would you? Mm. And I drove past him, and then the Lord, the Lord turned my entire car around. Like In my head, I was like, why did you just pass him? And so then now there's these, these emotions of, okay, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I've never done this before. Um, so I literally whipped around into a parking lot, came back around. I rolled my window down. I said, hey, I'm coming to you. Don't worry. And so I, I turned back around, parked the car, got out of the car, and I started talking to him. His name was Phil. And I, I was blessed by Phil because he was so humble. Mm. But the entire time that I was parking the car, I was wondering, I was praying, God, like, would you just give me the words to say? Would you just direct this conversation? And there were some things that I did in this interaction that I didn't feel was fully accurate on how to really love this man well. Mm. So what happened was I, uh, I parked the car. I see this card that I, I have a whole stash of cards from my church, invite cards with our service times and all this other stuff. So I grab one of those and then I go into my wallet and I have a 10 and a 20 in there. And I went to reach for the 10. God literally was like, okay, are you just not trusting me that you're, that the 20 won't come back to you or, mm-hmm. or that the 20 really means that much to you? So I grab the 20 and I grab that invite card. I hop out. I start talking to him. Uh, I give it to him. And I pray with him. And then right after I prayed with him, I said this. And this is the one thing that I wish I wouldn't have done. Mm. I said, I don't know what you're going to use this money for, but I pray you use it for something good. And then he tells me what he's going to use the money for. And I'll be honest, it's probably not the best thing that he could be using (laughs) his money for. But I was convicted in that moment because who am I to tell him what to use this money on? Mm. The Lord just told me to move and, and, to, and to react to what God was putting on my heart. And so I went and did it. But I share this story with you because this is my first time ever doing any kind of homeless ministry. I've generally just passed by them and I'll, I'll say a prayer for them from my car, from afar. But this is my first interaction mm. doing homeless ministry. And Emma, you do a lot of homeless ministry and you've done <laughs> it. You've done it all over the country, honestly. Yeah. So I really want to use this as an opportunity for me and anyone listening right now to learn how to really love these people well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I've done it 
like you said, a lot of different places. And I think for me, it was literally trial and error. So what you're saying, like <laughs> I said stuff to them and then afterwards felt bad about the way I said things or different interactions. And I was like, I need to change that and I need to learn and I need to ask. And it is different everywhere. Like different counties have like the, the cultures are different. And, yeah. and so all your interactions with people and what they need are going to be a little bit different. But I think there are some general rules of thumb that I could give that will like help the interactions go a little bit smoother. But first of all, I just love, Brett, that you even did it. Like, that's just the first step. Like, we can talk about it however long we want, but going and doing it and realizing that you didn't do it perfectly is is totally great because next time you're going to do it a little bit better and more the way you think you should. And I think that's awesome. So if you're listening and you haven't done it, you're in a similar <laughs> situation to Brett, or you've stopped a few times, but you want to know more or how to do it better, just keep doing it and ask ask questions. I think that helps a lot. That's how I learned. I I remember some of the first times I was doing homeless ministry, I packed like care packs in mm. gallon Ziploc bags and I would give them to the homeless people, all sorts of things. And I'm like razors, shampoo, conditioner, food, all different things. And I would watch them pick out one thing and throw the rest away. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess like what I thought was the right way to do it wasn't. So I just started asking like, did you not need the rest of the stuff in there? What's going on? And I think that kind of brings me to the first point I want to say about it is that homeless people most of the time can't think more than one to two days ahead of where they are right now. Hmm. Like they just can't. They don't have the places to store things. If you give them like a raincoat and it's not raining, they're going to throw it away because they don't have the extra room yeah. in their backpack to sure. carry it. And so what I realized is like, I wanted to help them meet future needs. Like I wanted to say, oh, at some point you're gonna need shampoo. And if you get a shower in two weeks, like this will be really helpful. But most of the time they can't think that far ahead. And even if they can think it, they don't have the space for yeah. it. And so when you're thinking about types of things to give homeless people, uh, the best advice I can give you is A, ask them what they want. And then B, give them things that are really tangible for right now. And sometimes I'll even specifically ask like, hey, do you need deodorant? I'm going to run into the store really quick and get some. And sometimes they'll say no because they already have it or they just don't care about it. But sometimes they'll be like, yeah, actually, I don't have any. I would love some. And so kind of going off of that, I, I gave him money and I gave him an invite card. The one thing that I know I shouldn't have given him for sure was that invite card because mm. the church that I go to is honestly a little bit ways away from where I saw him. And there's just no means for him to get to church. And so I should have not given him that invite card. I shouldn't have like, I felt like it was unintentionally heaping shame on him, mm. but I did take the time to pray with him. And he was so receptive to me praying with him. And I thought that was a really big open door, more so than giving him that invite card. And then the other thing I gave him was a $20 bill. And so I wanna, I wanna ask you, is giving them money a good thing? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of pushback against that, especially in the church. But honestly, your thought process behind it, I think hits the nail on the head. Like when you were saying that you handed it to him and said, like, I hope you use this for good. And then you felt bad about saying that. I feel like that's so accurate. Like if the Lord's asking you to give, give. And honestly, sometimes even if he's not, give because at the end of the day like it's all his everything that we own is all god's and so if we're wanting to love his people well and show them love well 
giving them money might be just that. And I've also talked to a lot of homeless people who smoke cigarettes to like curb mm. their hunger because they don't get enough food. They don't make enough money to actually buy all the food that they need. And so I've seen a lot of people judge them for like buying cigarettes, which is fair. There are like better things you could spend your money on. But at the end of the day, when you have $7 and can buy a pack of cigarettes and then the whole next day, you don't have to worry about being hungry. Like sometimes that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they can't always think like super far ahead the way that we can. And so, yeah, I say give them money. And then there are other things you can do too. Like if you really don't want to give them money or you really feel uncomfortable with that, give them food that they can eat right now, help them fill immediate needs if it's in the winter give them gloves give Mm -hmm. them heat packs if it's in the summer don't give them a heat pack because they're gonna throw it away yeah and they're not gonna have anywhere to store it so then the question that you told that you mentioned a minute ago was ask them what they need and honestly i think in this situation with phil if i would have asked him what he needed he kind of told me what he was going to use the money for and I'll, i'll be very transparent he was going to use it for drugs and that's tough That's really tough because as a Christian, I'm like, there's so much better for you. Mm -hmm. There's so much more that you could use this money for. And I just know that it's not going to satisfy you in the end. But I couldn't, I really couldn't speak into that. And honestly, when he said that, the Lord checked my heart because I was like, okay, Lord, I'm really just responding with a yes to what you're, you're telling me to do. So I was really convicted. I had like this tug, this back and forth. But what happens if you ask them what they need? And they tell you that they need drugs or alcohol. And you just ref- like, I, like I would refuse to go buy that. Actually, I wouldn't know where to buy it. But <laughs> but seriously, like, what about that? Like that, yeah. that push and pull there with what they think they need is not really what they need. That's that's really true. And a really good point. I mean, to be honest, I've never had someone when I say I'm going to the store, what do you need? I've never had them say drugs or alcohol ever and I think mostly that's because they know like the shame that comes with that they know like a lot most of the time they know they shouldn't be doing it it's more of just a means to cope and so when you're asking I have literally never had that happen where they ask me to buy them alcohol or drugs but if they were to I would just say hey yeah I'm not willing to do that but if you need food or if you need something like for your physical well-being I'd love to buy that for you or even like you said can I pray with you um And most of the time they'll tell me something that they need from the store. And usually it's like granola bars or socks. They always need more socks. That is like a really big Mm. thing. So let's break it down a little bit. Let's make it really simple. If you see someone on the side of the road and you feel like God is telling you to go do it, what is the first thing? What is a really good opening line that you can use to just open the door to conversation? Mm. I love that question. That's good. Um, one of the things I use most often is how can I pray for you? Mm. Because I just love inviting the Lord into that space with them. And also I pray in my head almost the whole time I'm talking to homeless people just because I want to love them so well. Um, but the other thing I've learned about homeless people is people don't ask about them very often at all. Like they don't interact with people very much. So if I ask them one question, usually they'll tell me their whole life story Mm. most of the time like 95 percent of the time they'll just go into it um and i think it's a little bit scary or taboo to ask like how long have you been homeless or stuff like that but they really don't mind Mm. like most of the time when i ask stuff like that they'll just go into their life story and tell me how they're homeless and why and sometimes they'll admit like it was my fault and other times they'll say it really wasn't i was just like 
I, I had the raw end of the deal. Like a product of circumstance. Exactly, exactly. And so be kind with the way that you approach, the way that you ask them hard questions, but feel like you can because really they, they don't care in my experience. Like I'll straight up ask them, do you have somewhere to sleep tonight? What What does your day look like? Sometimes I'll say, why are you out here trying to get money? What do you need the money for? And I've had like a full range of things. <laughs> I had people tell me one time that, they just needed $35 to get a room for that night because they both recently got jobs and they were trying to like keep their jobs. And so I think like some of those things feel taboo and feel like, oh, I can't ask them why they want money or I can't ask them how long they've been homeless or I can't ask them where they sleep, but they don't usually care. Be nice about it, but they want to talk to someone. They want to share what's going on in their life the same way that I want to share what's going on in my life. One thing I noticed from my interaction with Phil was once I got talking to him and I did have somewhere to be, he almost didn't want to stop talking. And I thought it was really beautiful. And so then like the patience came into me and I was like, okay, I could just sit here and listen for a minute. But how do you, how do you end a conversation without feeling like you are closing the door on this person? Because when you're in those moments, at least for me, it was this way is I literally was seeing him as a child of God and someone that Jesus cared about so much that he would go to the cross to die for. And so that changed the way that I saw that him in that moment. And I didn't want to leave it, but I knew I had to. And I knew that I couldn't really take care of every single need that he had. So how do you close the door, but yet still leave the door open for the future? Sure. Yeah, I'd say as much as you can, try to push back the thing, like just in your mind, be like, you know, I don't really need to go. A lot of times I feel like rushed, even mm. though I don't need to be. I think it's really cultural. But when you do actually have to go because you have something, I a lot of times end it by just saying, hey, that sounds really hard. Can I pray with you about that? Because it's kind of a natural way to end it. Even if they're still kind of talking, you can kind of cut them off and say, wow, what you just said sounds tough. Let me pray with you. And that's more of a natural way to end it or asking them different things like, hey, I have a Bible in my car. Can I get you one or whatever it is? Like, do you have other needs for the future that next time I see you, I can keep in my car for Mm. you or different things like that? Kind of just the same way you would with a normal person when they're rambling on and on and you're like, I got work to do or I got to be somewhere. (laughs) You just figure out strategic ways to do it. So Emma, you are super passionate about this and I, I am at the end of my questions, but I'm just curious, like why does your heart beat for this ministry? Hmm. I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to see people like Jesus saw them. Hmm. And over and over as I was reading the scripture and trying to figure out Jesus, what, where would you spend your time? <laughs> I realized that he always spent it with the outcasts of society, yeah. the people that nobody else gave the time of day to. Um, and there are other groups of people that are that same way. But for me, homeless was one of the ones that I was like, nobody gives them the time of day. And I'll I'll never forget one time I smiled at a homeless person and then pulled in and stopped and gave them like some snacks. And they were like, thank you for smiling because normally people avoid our gaze when they don't want to give us money. And that just hurt my heart. Like all they wanted was a smile from someone driving past. And I've been way too guilty of not looking at them when I drive past too. And Um, I just realized like these are the people that society completely rejects. Like they don't have anyone to talk to. Their families for the most part have abandoned them or they don't have family. There aren't just people who are willing to stop and hear their rambling stories about life. Um, And so I just just looked at that and I said, 
Jesus cared so much about the outcasts. So I want to care about the outcasts too. And I want to learn and learn from them more the heart of Jesus and just who he was and who he spent time with. The Good Coat Podcast is better when you're part of it. You can reach out to the show, ask questions, and share feedback by leaving a message on our page at myhopefm.net. Hey. Hey, you. <laughs> Guess what time it is? Stop. <laughs> it's my favorite time. Mailbag. Cue the sound effect. Mailbag. We got the absolute best comment this week. Mm, tell me about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Bill slash dad <laughs> talk. <laughs> he said... Ha, big Billy, Billy boy. (laughs) I just need to reread these because they were funny. Big Billy, Billy boy, (laughs) Papa. Great stuff. Well done, Emma and son. Oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, it happened. Full circle moment. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, Also, shout out to Emma's aunt, Amy. She said, I love listening to you two. You are very inspiring and uplifting. Emma, I am with you on that snooze button. It's a hard habit to break. Keep up the great work. Do you guys remember how I hit the snooze button way too much? How's that going? I only hit it once every morning now, which I think is pretty good. This week, I put a lot of pressure on you, too. You were filling in on the midday show, and I was texting you at like 5 a.m. every morning saying that you had a show to do, and you you responded. Yeah, it helped, with the, it helped actually, because when you sent the text, it was like a first alarm. So I kind of got mm. extra snoozes in if you think about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but good job. I, I didn't feel like you were slacking in any way. As always, if you want to join the podcast, all you got to do is go to myhopefm.net. Click on there. Click podcast. You'll see me and Brett's beautiful little faces. Well, my beautiful little face. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can leave us a comment. We would love to talk to you. Yes, please do that. And have a great week. Thanks for clicking play on the Good Co. Podcast. To hear another episode or to get a hold of the show, visit myhopefm.net and click podcast. Okay.